0: Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. It's Dane. I'm here with Wags. Wags, we've got this fancy new intro here and it is good to be talking football once again. And Wags, final preseason game in the books. It's time for roster decisions. A lot of hard decisions for the Packers.
1: Yeah, for sure. We're 0-3, but no need to panic. relax as we like to say it's just the preseason that's in the books and now it's getting down to business uh, Dane uh, we're we'll definitely get into some of these 53-man roster predictions so thanks folks that are joining us here on Facebook or YouTube live we'll also have the recording on our podcast uh, later on for those of you that aren't with us uh, but uh, hey join us in the chat too if you have any comments um, on what how you think this uh, team is shaping up here as we break camp And uh, what your predictions are for this 53-man roster, are we going to have any surprise cuts? Uh, We'll get into all of that here shortly. But, Dane, I thought we could do a little bit of uh, house cleaning at the top, Mm -hmm. a little state of the pod, if you will. So uh, we've got the fancy new toys, uh, like you said and um, part of the reason that's coming to you is we have been fortunate enough to um, join a partnership with uh, the Pigskin Podcast Network and Amaze Media Lab. So, uh, Dane, do you want to just share a little bit of how we've connected with them and and what that's going to mean for uh, folks that are watching us here this season?
0: Yeah, I I think the good news is is a lot of it's not going to change. If you listen, you subscribe to us. That's not going to change. What we're really excited about is um, to be part of uh, the Pigskin Podcast Network family. Uh, we are going to be the Green Bay Packer podcast representative. Uh, this network is going to have every single team in the NFL as part of the family. Uh, they approached us. They liked what we were up to, and uh, I think a lot of it has to do with our listenership. So thank you very much. If you've been listening to us uh, since the beginning. We sure appreciate you. Uh, this is going to give us a larger audience and it's really exciting. We're going to be able to talk about the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Wags, in fact, we're contractually obligated now to talk about the Green Bay Packers, which is a dream of mine since I was a little kid. Um, But I I think day to day, you're not going to see a lot of of change. If you you, uh, subscribe to us, you're still going to be subscribed to us. But I think it's going to give us a chance to really broaden our base a little bit, um, get to know some of the other Uh, fans and podcasts around the National Football League. We might jump on some of their podcasts. They might be coming on some of ours to give us a a preview of teams we're going to be facing. I think it's just going to make uh, our content even that much better. So we're really excited to be part of the Pigskin Podcast Network.
1: Yeah, and of course, they hooked us up with a few bells and whistles here, so that doesn't hurt as well. So uh, thanks, everyone. Obviously, those of you that have been with us for a long time now, we've been doing this for, uh, this is our third season, so if you've been with us since the beginning, we so appreciate you. Um, hopefully, we've been able to get better and better with the content that we're bringing to you. And uh, for those of you that have never been with us, jump on board. We'll be here all season. Uh, schedule uh will look pretty consistent um, post-game. We'll be doing a pod as well as every Thursday. Uh, so we like to at least get at least one practice and uh, initial injury report before we do our, our weekly predictions and our weekly breakdown and preview. Um, so we'll have two pods every week. Uh, most likely you'll be doing it live as well as recorded. So you'll be able to get your podcast uh, recording if you're not able to join us live uh, but also we do like to do some Instagram live, uh, either at halftime or immediately following the game. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, and then of course you can follow us on all of the social media outlets, Instagram, Facebook, um, you know, Twitter, uh, wherever you find us, uh, we're there. So appreciate you following along. And, um, so Dane, I think it's enough about us. Let's, let's get into the Packers. Uh, yeah. so. Where do we start? Let's first maybe just break down what we saw yesterday against the Buffalo Bills and some of the takeaways uh, that we had as we uh, lead into this discussion on what these final uh, roster cut downs are going to look like on Tuesday. So, um, big takeaways, Dane. What, what did you take away the most from yesterday's game against the Bills?
0: Yeah, I, I took away this, is a very talented roster. It was, interesting to see the the Buffalo Bills played a lot of their starters uh, very different philosophy from what the Green Bay Packers had uh, went into with this um, with this preseason. but I would say that overall uh, quite a bit of talent on the roster um, the running back depth is remarkable this year. Uh, wide receiver they made it really really tough. Uh, there. Some of the guys on the back end of the roster that are battling for position. Um, Still a question mark of what our starting five is going to be for week one on the offensive line. Um, Defensive line, Jack Heflin made it really interesting there. I mean, across the board wags, broadly speaking, there was a lot of competition yesterday. We saw a lot of young guys getting a lot of snaps as well. And I'm going to be curious to see as we go into roster breakdown and roster cuts and and everything. Everything uh, from from here on out, what that all means, because we saw a lot of these young guys getting a, a ton of snaps. Inside linebacker really stuck out to me. Uh, Oren Burke suited up. Um, I don't think he played all that much. Ty Summers didn't suit up at all. Campbell didn't suit up at all. Chris Barnes didn't suit up at all. And McDuffie got a ton of run. So across the board, Wags, we were able to to do. I think what what fans should be looking at which is not wins and losses or entertainment value in the preseason it's about talent evaluation the Packers took that to heart and um, it was pretty clear yesterday looking at some of the snap counts that there are some guys on the bubble that the Packers took a very very long hard look at
1: definitely and a, a few guys that we did not get to see yesterday, which may have come as a little bit of surprise to some folks, uh, was Devin Funchess as well as Kamal Martin. Both of those guys were put on the IR earlier last week uh, and uh, since have reached an injury settlement, at least with Devin Funchess. So it's uh, an interesting development there. I know there were a lot of fans, especially, that were looking to forward to seeing what Funchess could do on this roster potentially but you and I have been saying all along that he was very much on the fringe and uh, we weren't going to necessarily predict that he was going to be on this roster uh, just because he doesn't necessarily contribute anything on special teams so i don't know how significant that injury that he had was but to me that points to that he was not going to make this final roster mm-hmm. because if they really wanted to keep him they would have put him on the 53 then I R'd him so that he would be potentially eligible to return later in the season. The fact that that didn't happen, uh, means that the Packers were ready to move on from Devin Funches and, uh, by, Reaching an injury settlement that means he'll be eligible to uh, sign with anyone immediately, and the Packers are not eligible are not on the hook to pay him the whole season. In fact, they just have to pay him uh, for the number of weeks he was projected to be out with that injury. Uh, so that's part of the process, and that saves them a little bit of money then too. So, um, so it's uh, an interesting development for sure. Uh, but I don't think either of us were terribly surprised especially considering some of the play, um, or some of his uh, other wide receiver compatriots, uh, especially what they were doing on special teams. So we'll get into that a little bit more. Kamal Martin, you went out on a limb uh, prior to the game against the Jets and said Kamal Martin had the most to gain or lose as an X factor on the defensive side of the ball. You couldn't have been more right, unfortunately for Kamal. He stood to lose the most because he did not play well uh, against the Jets, and um, in fact, I think probably the nail in the coffin was uh, his play on the the long 73-yard punt uh, return in that game. Uh, he was the one that was responsible for that gap, uh, just got taken completely out of the play, and I, I think... Uh, missed some other tackles. He, he, he really, really struggled. So, uh, for those of us paying close attention, I realized that last year, based on what we saw from him early, we were, this might seem like it's coming out of left field, but, uh, after the second half of last season and all through, uh, this offseason, if you've been paying close attention to where Kamal Martin, uh, has been, uh, slated, this is not a big surprise. I mean, they even moved him to outside linebacker at yeah. one point early in camp, just trying to see if they could get anything from him. Um And we wish Kamal well, but uh it just didn't seem to click here. So I don't know if there was more to that story. Uh, but to me, his play on the field was significantly underwhelming, and I think that's probably the main contributor.
0: Yeah, and I'll tell you what, even with kind of the the prediction going into that Jets game, Still pretty shocked by the the fall of Kamal Martin because last year he was one of the guys that was flashing all throughout camp. He he was um, people were talking, oh, he could be the starter. He could be the starting inside linebacker the Packers have been looking for. Blake Martinez is no longer here, um, and to see it really a calendar year later, he's no longer in Green Bay, has not been picked up by by anybody yet either, is is really shocking to me. So, um, just, just, it, it shows the fortune, how quickly, uh, fortunes can change in Green Bay. But I, I think it also speaks to the depth of the inside linebacker position that the Packers have this year compared to maybe, uh, in previous seasons. Um, this is a pretty deep group. I, I know that, um, fans have their issue with the inside linebacker group as a whole over the last couple of years, but I think that Wags, this is, um, One of the better groups that I've seen in a little bit here, there's enough guys doing a lot of different things. I know we're very high on Chris Barnes um, undrafted last season, but just across the board, it shows that the Packers can't really take a flyer this year on Kamal Martin. And in fact, they've just decided to cut their losses because they frankly like what they've already got on their roster, I think, more than what Kamal was going to be able to offer.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And I mean look, it's it's one of those situations where you better just move on if he's not gonna be in the plan. Maybe they were trying to do him a favor and you know, at least he has some chance to latch on. I haven't seen that he's actually signed with anyone, so I may have been out of the loop because I wasn't actually checking or following. <laughs> yeah, but um Either way, uh, the Packers were proactive. And if nothing else, it sends a message to the rest of the guys in that room. If you don't perform, you're gone. And guess what? Kamal Martin wasn't performing in practice. He wasn't performing in the games. He wasn't doing his responsibilities. And so... You know, I think that keeps everyone else very motivated and sends the right message. I, you know, you're not going to just get rid of a talent because they have one bad game. I, I get it, but this was definitely an accumulation of, of efforts, I think, um, over the course of, of many, many practices and games. So this isn't something that was just completely out of left field. Um, it wasn't a Ty Montgomery situation as far as I'm concerned. This is the preseason, but um i I think it was uh still a strong message either way
0: wags i I, let's get into it um we've got a a roster full of talented players um and let's just let's start right away at the quarterback position we can keep 53 16 man practice squad we're not going to go into who we think the practice squad guys are going to be today um but i think that we can talk about this this 53 man roster um and i think the big question mark here at quarterback is is it two or three guys two of the guys are already locked in aaron, aaron rodgers jordan love they ain't going anywhere this year uh looking broadly speaking but looking at the quarterback group because um in, in silos it'd be great to keep kurt Benchert. uh he played pretty well um but you only have 53 spots on the entire roster Wags, is there any scenario you see where Kurt ends up uh, on the on the active roster? Do you think that this Packer team is going to be carrying two quarterbacks going into the season?
1: I think it's just two. Last year was an exception because obviously we're not going to expose Jordan Love to waivers. So Kurt, I, I really like him. Don't I? I think he's done a lot of really good things. I hope we're able to keep him around. I, I have a feeling someone else might snap him up and maybe it's his decision too where even if he's not on a a roster he decides to head somewhere else someone else's practice squad just looking around and being like am i really going to get any chances here with aaron Rodgers and jordan love in front of me probably not selfishly as packer fans i think it would be great to keep him um kind of you know a break in case of an emergency situation i like what i've seen out there from him on the field uh but I, I just don't feel like we have a need or the luxury to be carrying three quarterbacks on this roster. Uh, we've got a, a, a needs elsewhere. And so I don't really think that Kurt Benker is going to make this 53.
0: Yeah, and I think the 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 biggest concern, I agree with you, first of all, Wags. And, and I think that the concern that maybe Green Bay has is Bankert could go back to Atlanta. Atlanta's backup quarterbacks out for the year. AJ McCarron now. Uh Bankert knows the offense, knows what's going on down there. So I could see a scenario where he ends up back in Atlanta on an active roster. But When you have so much competition and you're trying to chase a Super Bowl this year, uh, no disrespect to Kurt. We both love the guy, but we shouldn't be squabbling over the third string quarterback at this point. If we get to the third string quarterback, we're probably in a little bit of trouble already. Um, The future right now is very likely Jordan Love. So let's double down uh, on that decision. If we can keep Kurt great. We'd love to have him on the practice squad, but I think otherwise, um, if it's not him, I think the Packers carry three quarterbacks, but the third quarterback is going to be a practice squad guy this year.
1: I completely agree. I think that's, that's really uh, the situation here. And again, they'll be able to go pick up another guy to be that practice squad quarterback. If it's not Kurt, um, it would be really nice if it is Kurt, but uh, I understand he's got to do the best thing for himself and his family. Uh, but uh, Hey, it's a stable situation here. And uh, he could really make a name for himself uh, to continue to develop. So uh, who knows uh, if he likes it here and he feels like this is the best place for him. I, I sure hope it works out for both sides uh but ultimately if we get into the situation where he's needed um it's not the best situation let's just put it that way um I, you know I, I but he did show me enough that it wouldn't be as dire as I think we've had in, in yes. other seasons uh even just going to our number 2 so um, so that's that's a quarterback group as a whole you've got to feel a lot better about than we've had in the recent past so dane i think then moving on from the quarterbacks let's just kind of go in order here on offense um i think our top three running backs are locked in at this point for sure uh we thought this would be a battle uh potentially three to four running backs and and with that third running back being a potential battle i mean i think kylan hill No disrespect to AJ Dillon, who's done just fine. But I think Kylan Hill is closer to being a number two than he is to being, you know, off of this uh, group of three. So as far as I'm concerned, they're locked in. Did anyone distinguish themselves? We had Patrick Taylor and Dexter Williams as the other two guys that uh, really got work at running back. Do you feel either of them did enough? that they could uh, potentially carry four running backs to start the season? Or do you see them rolling with those top three guys and hopefully keep one of those other two around on a practice squad?
0: Yeah, unfortunately, no, I think it's going to be the three. Again, they're going to stay lean at the running back position. Keep those three, particularly with how good Kylan Hill has been. <laughs> he He's locked in the kick return job too, as far as I can tell. So he's going to be able to contribute some on special teams and um, they're going to find ways to get him on the field, man. Like early this season, Aaron Jones was quoted as saying Kylan Hill is going to help us win football games this year. I don't disagree. I, the, the the running back spot is always a head scratcher because a guy like him can slip until the late rounds and then he's going to be contributing instantly. But, um, I do think that we'll carry one, maybe even two running backs. It's not out of the question with the Packers to to carry multiple running backs on the practice squad. I thought Dexter Williams looked really good running the ball in the the opportunities he was given in the preseason. The knock on him oftentimes has been more so pass blocking uh, than than running the ball. I think we always knew he could kind of do something with the ball in his hand. Patrick Taylor reminds me a little bit more of a Jamal Williams, a little bit better of a pass blocker. Uh, He put the ball on the ground in the preseason, which I think made it really tough. That kind of sealed his fate, I think, a little bit on the active roster. Um, But I think we'll, we'll definitely keep one, potentially both of them. Uh, on the practice squad, I really could see that because it's a violent position. And, um, you know, there's a chance those guys get called up at some point, but a uh, long answer to a short question. It's three running backs to start this year. I don't see any other way it happens.
1: We're in complete alignment. So I agree with you, Dane. So I think, um, it'll be interesting to see where we diverge. Um, uh, it's but, common, uh, I think. <laughs> oh, perhaps, um, I'm going to. I don't know which order you have written down, but I've got tight end next. And, Dane, I don't know about you. Perhaps this is the first divergence. uh, But the tricky thing here now as we get into tight end and then offensive line in a little bit is what are they doing with Jay Sternberger because he doesn't count against the 53-man roster if they do keep him at least for the first two weeks. Uh, But also, what are they doing with David Bakhtiari? The news on that's been pretty quiet. So, is David Bakhtiari going to start the season on the physically and unbeatable list? Is he going to be on the 53-man roster, expecting him to come back sooner than the first six weeks? Uh, So, that's a little bit of an unknown, and that could definitely impact the makeup of this initial 53 because and i stress initial because it will change uh pretty fluidly i would expect after even the first couple of weeks so it's going to be interesting but here's what i have to say Dane. yesterday before the game i said it wouldn't make sense not for the the Packers to hold on to Sternberger and delay making a decision on him just in case there's an injury of any of the guys in front of him in those first two weeks. Now I'm not so sure. What he showed out there in the preseason, I don't know if it's enough that he deserves to be on this roster, but... Um, uh, but that question still lingers. Uh, So I've got four tight ends on this roster ultimately, and Jay Sternberger is not one of them, Uh, but more than likely, there's no reason not to have him on to start. So I, I think for the purpose of this discussion, the four tight ends that uh obviously Mercedes Lewis and uh Bob Tunyan are gonna be on this roster, as well as uh uh Deguara. And then I've actually got Daphne ahead of Jay Sternberger right now. So uh even if Sternberger's on this fifty-three to start, uh, I I think you know uh he's behind Daphne at this point. And so I've tentatively got four tight ends on this roster um, with the caveat that if none of those guys get hurt, I think they'll just cut uh, Sternberger and part ways with him after week two. I don't see him getting activated um, upon his return from his suspension. Uh, but the question is, do they do that before the season or do they hold on to him and delay making that decision?
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you on your four. Uh Daff was out there. He played about 12 snaps, I think I saw yesterday, but they had him in the backfield. They had him doing stuff that Jay Sternberger doesn't do. Um, so um they're gonna keep those four. I don't see a scenario where any of those guys aren't on the roster to start the year. Uh Sternberger, they'll he'll be on the suspended list. I would agree. I think they keep him around on that suspended list, and then they're gonna have to make a decision after that. Um I don't think he's long for the Packers roster, though, Wags. Uh, it's simple as that. He looked disinterested, I thought, a little bit yesterday uh, when he was out there running his routes. Uh, the one ball from Jordan Love, I can't put on on Jace. The ball was high. Jordan didn't set his feet. It, it, it just wasn't a, a, a good uh, series of uh, uh, there. But overall, he missed a block on that third down and goal that A.J. Dillon got stuffed on. It's a tough block. It's a reach block. I get it. I get it. But if you're Jay Sternberger trying to make a roster, it, that kind of stuff just stands out. And I, I think it was even telling going back to his first game of the preseason when he had the big 34-yard catch. When your position coach says that's not indicative of the player <laughs> that we've seen, that's not a great uh, recommendation. So uh, I don't want to beat a dead horse. I, I I just don't think Jace is probably long for the team. And in fact, I would argue Bronson Kafusi might have a better chance, um, you know, he transitioned from D-line to tight end. Rogers is saying his praises, but not just him. The coaching staff seems to love him. He seems like a developmental guy that could stick around because he's kind of that Mercedes Lewis, a big-bodied blocker. I would argue he may have a better chance of suiting up which I can't believe I'm saying, I don't think I would have said that three, four weeks ago, but just based on how training camp goes, but I agree Sternberger will start on suspended list. they'll make a decision after that because there's no reason not to, but he may be done in Green Bay,
1: yeah, so for all intents and purposes, we can count tight end as four, yes uh, we don't have to count, so I think so we are in agreement there, I think mm-hmm. uh, in on how that plays out um so anyway that's that's interesting, so I think the other group. Then we'll save wide receiver for the last positional group on the offense because the other part of that equation, David Bakhtiari, will he be on the active roster? I think he will, and I don't know that he's going to play before week three, week four, but I think they're going to keep him on the active roster and um to me, I think that means they might carry 11 offensive linemen wow. on this initial 53-man roster because they need to make sure that they've got enough uh, bodies. And I think they really like some of the guys in this group. Um, but when Bakhtiari comes back, similar to – obviously Bakhtiari is going to be starting the minute he comes back. That just goes without saying. But um, the similarity to the Sternberger situation is – that's when you can make the decision uh, versus having to make a decision now on who will ultimately be part of that offensive line group in the long term. The other thing is – Offensive linemen, there tends to just, unfortunately, be more injuries, whether they're the short-term, nicked-up variety or hopefully not, but sometimes there's some of those longer-term injuries as well. So by the time Bocciari comes back, the decision may have already been made for them. Uh, so I, I think they're going to want to try to retain ultimate flexibility with this offensive line group. Uh, so I've got 11, um, and Dane, before, I, I mean, we know who the, the obvious ones are, but before you know, we move forward and talk about who we think is going to be part of that offensive line group, what was the number that you had for offensive linemen on this 53?
0: Yeah, so I think that I, I actually, when we're talking pure 53 man roster, I agree. Bakhtiari is not going to be on the physically unable to perform list. I think they start him on the active roster. However, I think they might do some maneuvering, take advantage of the IR rules this year. And he starts the he he is part of the official 53, and then they throw him on the IR. He can come back after three weeks. So I think that there's going to be uh instant 53, and then I think there's really going to be 54. They're going to kind of massage the the, the roster a little bit that way. But for for all intents and purposes, I've got us keeping 10, including David Bakhtiari, on the, on the, the first 53. and I, uh, uh, So I have us keeping 10 offensive linemen, Bakhtiari being one of them.
1: Bakhtiari is the 10th or the 11th?
0: He's number 10. And then I think okay. he goes to IR, and then I think we bring somebody back.
1: Gotcha. So once he goes to the IR, are you predicting they have another offensive lineman to replace Bakhtiari, or will they carry nine and add to another position?
0: So it's going to be interesting. So I might be putting on my um, my uh, my you know getting kind of deep here into the the rules of it. But we brought in Kelly, uh, who's a, a who's a veteran offensive tackle. I could see the Packers cutting him. Uh, early right away too. missing the first week of the year. Then they bring him back after week one because they don't owe him um, then the entire year salary. So I think that there might be a couple maneuverings going on here, but I think that there's a, there's a good chance that the Packers keep ten initially Bakhtiari goes to IR. We bring somebody else on for a week and then we bring Kelly back after week one, because then we're able to keep him on and not guarantee a salary for the year.
1: Okay, well, let's run through the guys then who, who we have, because I'll be curious to hear how this shapes out. I think you slightly tipped your hand there, but uh, it sounds like we might end up. Being an agreement, it's more of the semantics We're close. Of how they how yeah. they get there. So, um, obviously, Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins, Josh Myers will be starting at center, um, and then I've got Billy Turner, John Runyon, Lucas Patrick, um, and then it starts to get a little bit more interesting. But ultimately, I think they keep Ben Braden. Um, I, I really liked what they, we saw in Yash Nisman. Um, uh, the Packers have spent three years developing him. And, mm-hmm. uh, aside from a strip sack that he gave up in the second game, um, which wasn't a hundred percent his fault, but you know, he'll take responsibility for that. I think he's been super solid out there. So I like keeping him around at least until Bakhtiari gets back as a swing tackle. Um, and then, um, I think what we'll end up doing is Royce Newman will definitely be on this roster. And then I've got Cole Van Lannon on this roster as well. Um, so I don't know if I've counted correctly, but Dennis Kelly, I agree he's the last guy. He's number eleven for me. Um, so I, I think what was what's gonna happen is uh once Bakhtiari is activated, whenever that is, or however the Packers wanna play that out, uh, clearly they're gonna have a much better idea of when they might expect him to be ready to go, but there's no reason to rush him back as far as I'm concerned. Uh then it'll either be Kelly getting cut, or perhaps if there's been an injury in the meantime, as I said earlier, that'll ultimately make the decision for them. So Dane any one that you diverge on as far as the offensive lineman that I named, or are we in agreement with that group as well?
0: Not only are we in agreement, but the first six guys you mentioned are exactly how I listed them on my page Wags, So that's kind of freaky. Um, I would agree. I think that Yash really probably had one of the better camps that you could have. I, I know the strip sacks, what people see, but reality is he played some really, really good football. Uh, I was looking at some pro football focus, uh, numbers and he he played kind of through the roof even this last week so um, good for him he's going to make this team I, I think that um, but I, we're, we're in complete agreement across the board Ben Braden's another guy who just kind of came out of nowhere we signed him partway through the year last year it bounced around the league a little bit now he might not end up starting but even this last preseason game against the Bills played really well I thought at right tackle so, um, you know, kudos to some of these guys, but I don't have, there's no departure on my roster. I think that Kelly is the last guy standing and he's the biggest question mark. He came in uh, veteran guy, didn't necessarily look great in the short amount of time that he was uh, on the field, learning the playbook. I can give him a pass. Then he gets hurt. So that's kind of a tough camp for somebody like him. But I think his familiarity with Coach Lafleur, Lafleur and he knew each other from their days in Tennessee. He's gonna play some ball for the Packers this year. That's that's my gut feeling, but I do think that he's kind of the last guy standing on that list because I don't see a scenario where they're getting rid of Yash. Runyon's too young, you know. Going down the list, Van Lannan hasn't totally impressed me either, but his draft stock alone keeps him around, and we saw him put on way too much good tape at Wisconsin to see him gone this early. So um, some of these guys are just going to need to develop a little bit more. But um, we're in total agreement on the guys we got on the roster wags.
1: Yeah, and it might just depend on what situations are, too. I mean, if Bakhtiar is not ready to return and, you know, uh, we have someone go down at the tackle position the first couple of weeks, we might feel more comfortable with a guy like Dennis Kelly out yeah, there uh, sure. versus a Cole Van Lannan. might be a little bit of a longer-term project, but he may give you a little bit more versatility and being able to play multiple positions in the long run. So um, it will be interesting to see how that goes down, but it sounds like we're basically in agreement. It just – some of the maneuverings uh, of the roster, if yeah. you will, uh, with how that will ultimately go down, what's initial 53 versus wh- who they immediately activate after mm-hmm. moving Bakhtiari around or whatever they need to do. So um, that leads us into the wide receiver group then, Dane. And I think by... um you know, uh, by extension here, um, we talked about six. It seems like six is the number. Coach LaFleur has mentioned six is who's battling for that six spot. Um, so it seems like I don't think that's set in stone. Uh, but that's, that feels like that was the number all along. And I think they made the decision on Devin Funches based on that. Um, and although, it comes down to a really late push here. Uh, ultimately, I think the guy's got to be Malik Taylor uh, as your sixth receiver. Um, and uh, I don't think they're going to keep seven. I think Reggie Begleton, uh probably separated himself from the rest of the wide receivers that were battling for that last spot. Um, I, it will be interesting to see what Reggie does. Obviously, uh, we're big fans of his. He came on the pod last year. Um, I am sure he's really, really hoping to get onto this 53, but um with the COVID rules if he decides to stick around on the practice squad if the Packers want to use a spot on him I know he's a little bit older uh but I uh, he could be one of those guys uh uh, he doesn't have a lot of NFL service time so he could be one of those guys that they could keep around um and he may have an opportunity to get elevated multiple times over the course of this season if he does decide to continue here in Green Bay um but Dane I don't know first of all are you in agreement on the six or do you think they uh, expand this to seven uh, just because of, of some of the extra space they might have initially?
0: Yeah, so this was one of the harder spots on the entire roster uh, that, that I had. And I, I, you know, I've got him at seven. I think Begleton did enough yesterday, uh, or that's what we're we're recording on, on Sunday. Um, I thought that Reggie played well enough. The fact that he's back there as the number two punt returner, in all of these games, I thought was really fascinating. He showed a little bit there. He's also been a really good jammer on special teams. Um, his age works against him, I think, a little bit. Um, if he was 22, I think the Packers would be like, "Oh shoot, we can't expose him to to waivers." They may, because of that, expose him to waivers and then try to bring him back to the practice squad, ASAP. I think they want him within the organization. There's no doubt about that. But I I just think he's done enough on special teams, and they're going to need guys that play his role on special teams. And and you'll know why when we get to defense, why I think that Reggie stays. Everything kind of connects one way or another. I just think that he's done enough over the course uh, uh, of his time, and not only as a wideout, but as a special teams guy. And Malik Taylor showed it last year that the Packers are not uh, above doing a surprise or two on the roster. Malik Taylor, I think, shocked a lot of people earning a roster spot last year. Um, this year, there's no way Malik doesn't stay. He looked way too good this this. He looks so fluid wags catching that ball. He got good separation. He looks like a different player even from last year. And we already know what he does in special teams, but I think Begelton did enough sneaks in the back door and sticks on the initial 53. Um, If he doesn't, he ends up staying with the team unless he gets another opportunity somewhere else. But uh, right now, official roster, I think we keep seven. And that was really hard because going into this game, I didn't have him there. But after it, I watched him and I saw how they were using him. I I said, you know what? They like him. They want to see him succeed. He's going to stick.
1: Yeah, the line is razor thin. I mean, we, we taxed it back and forth that really when you get down to these last few spots, it's like basically between just a few guys. Um, so, you know, it it could, we may be, I'll be surprised. Let's put it this way, not to toot our horn, uh, but I'll be surprised if, if we get more than one or two wrong and and actually I wouldn't be terribly shocked if we end up if one of us ends up being exactly right 53 for 53 here um but uh anyway it's an interesting exercise to play out so for Reggie's sake I hope that happens uh, we will see um I just was reading through the lines with Coach LeFleur talking about the six. Um, so we'll see if Reggie did enough to change their plans and, and get a spot on this roster initially. Um, so Dane, let's head over to the defensive side of the ball then. And, um, you know, this, <laughs> I, I don't know if this is as much set in stone as it was offensively, but, um, I, I think uh, let's move around a little bit because yeah. some of these groups, um, I think the numbers might be different, but um, ultimately I think we're going to be pretty close. So big guys up front, defensive line, there's been years we haven't carried as many, uh, but I think we're going to take six okay. this year. And, and so I don't know if you have the same number, Dane, I've got five I've, legs. So you yeah, got this five. Okay. Yeah, this is one of those so we, spots. So we have a little bit of, of a uh, divergence here. Um, so Dane, Talk to me then, who, who does and doesn't make the cut on your list? So I have Clark,
0: um, I've got Kiki, and I've got Slayton as locks. Slayton being a fifth-round pick, he's looked very good. I think in camp he's going to be eating up blocks. Kiki, the Packers love his pass, pass Dean rush. Dean not a lock? Well, that's the question mark, actually, Wags. Um, so on the back end of this defensive line, um, I've got Heflin making the team. And that's where it gets very interesting. Um, At the end of the day, I have Heflin and I have Lowry on the roster, but I almost had Lowry not making the team and Tyler Lancaster making it. I'm going to stick with Lowry uh, on the the 53, but I think that Lancaster is a semi-surprise cut. Heflin just does a lot of the stuff Tyler does he's a couple years younger. He's a little bit cheaper. I think he offers a little bit more upside in the pass rush. Willington Prevlon made it tough for me too, actually. Um, but I actually, if I would have kept six, I would have had Prevlon over Lancaster as well. So that kind of shows where I'm at on that front.
1: Yeah. So that's really interesting. I mean, Dean Lowry's guy, they didn't they I mean he was one of the veterans that didn't go out there and get any snaps at all yeah. in preseason. By all accounts, uh surprisingly, has looked really good in camp. So I'm not saying that just to uh, you know, stir the pot with you, Dane. It's just um mm-hmm. I was I'm interested to hear what your thought on that was. Is that mostly because you've been impressed enough with some of these younger guys that you find Dean Lowry expendable, perhaps to save a little bit of money against the cap and use that elsewhere? Throughout the season, or is it more, um, that you're just unimpressed with Dean Lowry hasn't done enough for you in your mind that he was necessarily a lock. I think Dean's a nice
0: player. I, but unfortunately we're not talking, you know, college football where money's not involved. When we start talking about salary implications and we've got a lot of big name players coming up for free agency, the Packers have always been a team that have looked ahead and I get that we're going all in and all of this. However, big picture. You know, I look at Dean Lowry, part of me goes, yeah, they kept him off the field, but part of me went, yeah, they kept him off the field so they could package him up and try to trade him for a late round pick. So, you know, and and I don't want to be crass with that. This is this guy's profession. He's been a good Packer for a long time, but I just, I don't know if the production meets the money. And then, you know, with the Venn diagram, does that cross over with somebody like a Hefflin and a Prevalon? But I think at the end of the day, the Packers Knowing where they're at in this season, more than any other season, I think Lowry ends up making the team. The coaching staff seems to be comfortable with him. He's a hardworking guy; doesn't miss a lot of practice time. There's a lot. There's pluses to to Dean, so I don't want to trash Dean at all. But it was closer when I was making the cuts through Wags than I, I uh, than, than I thought it was going to be because I could see a scenario where they decide to just shake it up because the defensive line position has been a fair bit underwhelming over the last couple of seasons. I don't think I'm saying anything that people haven't noticed. And I thought that maybe the team might want to shake it up with a couple new guys. And, um but end of the day, I think we'll keep Lowry on the roster, but I think Tyler Lancaster is going to be a victim of the cut.
1: Okay. So, you know, I, just for the record, I'm not going to sit here and predict trade. So you're, you're kind of really getting pretty <laughs> nuanced here. So that's impressive stuff, Dave. I got to tell you, uh, that, that was part of the reason I had six. I wasn't thinking trade, but, uh, to me, I agree that Tyler Lancaster is the one to, that gets cut. Um, I, I appreciate he's been a blue collar guy. I just don't think, uh, he has enough upside at this point. Um, you know, he's, not expensive, but costs obviously a little bit more than a guy like Jack Haflin does. And I've been super impressed with what Haflin's done out there. So uh, if you're going to pick between the two, usually you just go with the younger guy. Yeah. I think Haflin has a little bit more fluidity than Tyler does as well. I think he can get upfield and maybe be a little bit more disruptive where Tyler's just more of kind of that, um, you know, eats up blockers and eats up space. Um, but, uh, I think Heflin can actually move a little bit better as well so I agree with you there I've actually got Prevalon making the team I think some okay. of, I think I've been impressed with him uh in this preseason it, he's you know when you look at the staff sheet his name's not going to pop up but um, I think he's, uh, he's been really solid out there. I, 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 like the leverage and the push that he gets upfield. Um, you know, he seems like he is, uh, staying in his gap and maintaining gap responsibility. Um, and he's gotten quite a few snaps out. So, so I've liked what I've seen from him out there. I think he's a little bit more, uh, athletic than a guy like Dean Lowry. I think he's got. Maybe more upside. I don't know. Obviously, he was a, a seventh round pick last year, so I, I'm not saying that you know he's going to be the next Rashawn Gary uh, <laughs> out on the defensive line. But um, I think he's someone that uh, you know a, a less expensive option could probably do a lot of what Dean Lowry gives you as he gains more experience and more game experience. Um, so uh, that could potentially make a Lowry expendable, perhaps. Um, I, I don't know that I would predict that right now based on what I've heard. Uh, I think they'll keep six initially, but who knows? Uh, those things can change a little bit. And then if they if they feel like they've gotten a little bit of extra money or a little bit of wiggle room, uh, listen, they could uh, still bring someone outside uh, that plays D-line that's uh, not signed at this point or perhaps gets cut um, as rosters get cut down uh, if they feel like they can uh, leverage some of the additional funds that they have to improve this group that way. So uh, to your point, I, I, while I feel better about the defensive line coming into this season than it did last season, I don't think they're done with this mm-hmm. group. Uh, but they were a little thin last year with injuries, so I think they need to carry this carry six. Um, that way, they're not going to be short handed right away early in the season.
0: Wags, y- you hit it, and you know, listen. There's going to be a lot of cuts um, co- going on, not just with us, but obviously everybody else across the league. Goody has shown time and again that he is not afraid to um, take a look at other talent from other teams' rosters. And I'm I'm sure there's going to be some teams that wish they could hang on to a D lineman, and they're not going to be able to. So wouldn't surprise me. I would say that defensive line is actually one of the target positions, potentially, for the Packers to still add one more piece um, there's another spot on the, on the defense, actually the outside linebacker position. I think I texted you this offline. That's the other one that I could potentially see the Packers painting, you know, painting corners and looking to add talent on, but, um, but it, it'll be really fascinating to see, cause I think we're going to see a 53 man roster. And then we're going to see a real roster a few days later after, after all the free agents are kind of popping around, um, inside linebacker. I want to get your, your, your sense here. I want to know how deep is this going to go? Um, This is one, this is the much maligned inside linebacker group that Packer fans are frustrated with year in and year out. Um, Where are we at? Where, where do you think that we end up here?
1: Yeah, this was uh, a a tough call, but I think as much as McDuffie uh, stood out a little bit yesterday I think they're going to stick with four and maybe McDuffie gets uh, the nod as the fifth guy. Uh, just if they're afraid that someone might snap him up now that he put some tape out there, but um, I don't know if they can afford to keep five inside linebackers. When you look at the rest of this roster, I uh Ray Wilborn, I thought it yeah. looked pretty solid out there yesterday too. And I think he's a guy that they can, uh, keep around on the practice squad and potentially elevate if needed um, as one of the two guys they can call up on game day. Uh, so it just depends how much do they like McDuffie and does McDuffie, is he someone that knocks an Oren Burks or a Ty summers out? I don't think so right now i i just don't think he did it enough uh he's the younger guy so uh, so maybe i could be wrong on that but ultimately i've got four um and we've got campbell and barnes and then summers and oren burks i think are going to be the four but there could be a surprise maybe burks or summers doesn't make it just because they're similar to a tyler lancaster um a little bit older but i think those two are so important to special teams and the way that oren burks played uh in camp and in pre-season i i i can't believe i'm saying this after the last few seasons but i just don't know how they move on from him uh he clearly was one of the top guys out there uh in this group so I think he deserves to be on this roster, uh, so dane i don 't know if you have a different number than me, but my thought process is is they keep four uh and they 'll try to stash McDuffie and definitely Wilborn on the practice squad but um but uh, i I guess I wouldn't be super surprised one way or the other how this group shakes out
0: yeah i have I have ray wilborn and um and Dijon Harris
1: both on the practice
0: squad for the Packers. I thought both of them have showed pretty well throughout camp um. I, a
1: little bit more of a project though, right?
0: Both. Exactly. So I, I, neither one of those guys are going to be active roster guys day one, but um, with the call-ups that they, they showed way too much, I think for the Packers, not to want to have them as a part of the organization and maybe even get some of those special teams call-ups um, in day in and day out. But I actually do have the Packers at five McDuffie being a, a, a draft pick. Uh, on top of everything else, I think helps him a little bit. I don't think it comes at the expense of Ty uh, Summers or Oren Burks to, for the reason you said. Both are special teams talents. The Packers are preaching, wanting to get better at special teams. You're not going to get better at special teams. I'm seeing those guys go. I just don't see it happening. Um, Summers sitting yesterday, Oren Burks barely playing, I thought actually was a positive for both of them. I think it kind of meant that they have it locked up. Ty was a little banged up with some, um, I think some lower leg injuries. Oren Burks, they got him out there right for for a little bit, but they gave McDuffie a long look. I think it was more, is McDuffie going to give the Packers some heartburn to try to (laughs) find a spot for him on the roster or not? And that's what may or may not end up happening. But I'm going to predict five, but the Packers have seven deep, with the guys we talked about in, in Harris and, and Wilborn that I think that they like. Um, but I think they're going to keep them mainly for special teams is where we're going to see that. Um, and if you look at the the breakdown of the roster, got Campbell, we've got Chris Barnes after that, the next natural linebacker, like true inside linebacker is Ty Summers, Orin Burks, a little undersized. I see him as more of a dime guy. Um, you know, if, if Campbell goes down or or if Chris Barnes for whatever reason, um, are we more comfortable with a six-round rookie or with Ty Summers? I'm more comfortable with Ty Summers, understanding the defense he's been there. Um so as Packer fans are looking at it, I look at it through that lens as well. The depth could drop pretty quickly, but I do think that McDuffie sticks.
1: Yeah, and uh, so I I agree with everything you're saying, and it would be that's gonna be a really tough decision. I guess for me, what it came down to was do you keep six D linemen or five inside linebackers? Right. And I, I just feel like it's harder to get, defensive linemen. We saw last year, they were rotating guys from off the street all season, trying to get enough healthy bodies out there. And ultimately, if you lose someone and you need to bring someone in at inside linebacker, I think that's a uh, an easier position group uh, mm-hmm. to go out and find someone. Um, so that was more how I made my decision. But listen, I agree. I think McDuffie has some potential, so it's hard to part with a guy like that. Um, so we'll see what they do. But, um, Again, with some of the maneuverings that they're able to make, hopefully they can, uh, you know, get all of the key guys they want, uh, to stick around here and be in the right spot. And then, you know, unfortunately injuries are going to happen. So they'll have to make some decisions down the road. Uh, but that could just sort of, um, work its way out on its own as well. So, okay, Dane, we're, we're getting down to it then. So last few groups here. So Edge. Last year, we kept four. I expect us to keep four again this year. I know you mentioned yesterday, is it only going to be three? I don't think they can afford to carry only three edge mm-hmm. guys on this roster, especially with Zedarius. I, I, I don't think he's got a significant injury, but some concern, he may not even be ready to go week one with the back injury. Ultimately, I'll, I'll be surprised if he doesn't go, but um he's missed quite a bit of practice time already in camp. So, Uh, I think they're going to keep four. Uh, And for me, I think it's the same four that they had last year. Uh, And I think Spider, Jonathan Garvin, ends up being the fourth guy uh, of this group. Uh, Finally, yesterday, uh, out on the field, I thought he showed some flashes, got some quarterback pressures, uh, and was able to uh, get some some uh, disruptions in the backfield. Uh, He's gotten some snaps and was on the roster all last season. Didn't really flash out on the field but by all accounts uh, had some uh, a little bit of a, a separation from the rest of the guys vying for that fourth spot in this group uh, in practice. Uh, so it was good to see him do that in a game situation yesterday. I know it's only one game, uh, but it's some progress. And I think he probably has the most upside potential out of any of the guys that we currently have in this group. Uh, you may argue that uh, Chauncey Rivers uh, did enough to really give some thought and consideration to whether he might earn a spot over Jonathan Garvin. I think there's some merit to that. Uh, I just feel like Garvin just has a little bit more upside. And ultimately, I think that's what this comes down to, is if they can get him to make a few more of those splash plays, uh, that he could be someone that could have a little bit more long-term potential as well.
0: We have the same four. Uh, um Garvin's only 21. It's hard to look past a guy who's that young, who's already got some NFL experience and who shows flashes. Um I I I'm looking at the the list that I, I scratched together here and I had Chauncey Rivers on it. I scratched him off of it. It just doesn't, the numbers don't work to keep him. But I thought he showed quite a bit of moxie and talent to come in from Baltimore and just kind of step in. And he showed a, a lot of talent. So I think the Packers, another guy, probably are going to want to try to keep around if they can. Tipa Nalei, I, I like Tipa quite a bit, but I, I just... He might have to hit the weight room another year. Um, he he was pushed around a little bit at times. He's a good athlete, you can tell. He's a good athlete. Um, but I think um end of the day, the Packers start with four. Maybe elevate a guy if Zadarius is is down week one or or is battling injury, just so you have enough guys to to throw at an opposing offense. But uh, when we're talking fifty three, Garvin's just he could be a guy, right? He might he very well might not be either. But at twenty one. He's showing, um, he's showing better bend this year. You could see him. He's got burst. He's got speed. He's got kind of those intangibles that you look for from a pass rusher—those long arms, um, uh, all the things that make the coaches' heads turn. So I think the Packers keep four and wags once again. I guess we're in agreement at another position. We, we, we don't talk about this, folks, ahead of time. So I, 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 I was hoping we'd have more turmoil. Maybe we'll have some at the cornerback position.
1: Well, we weren't a hundred percent aligned on on several position groups, so uh, I I know it doesn't seem like we're disagreeing at all, but we've got a few differences, so that's good. I uh, that way one of us at least will be right. <laughs> that's, that's the main thing. Um, so uh, okay, well let's talk about cornerback then, because I don't really think there's much more to go into no. the outside linebacker. Um, so here I think we keep six. Uh, this is a group we've kept seven some years. Um, I've got six. Uh, not to get ahead of myself, but part of that is I've. Got five safeties making this roster. So, uh, for me, the six, the first, first, uh, uh, five are pretty clear cut. Kind of like a wide receiver with Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, Kevin King, Shandon Sullivan, and Shamar Jean Charles. Uh, the sixth guy comes down to Yadam and, uh, KB on Ento. For me, I like KB on Ento. I know he had a little bit of a rough time out there against the Jets. Um, uh, and then yesterday, uh, I don't know if he, how exactly how many snaps he got. Um, he seemed fine. Uh, I, I like Ento. I think he's got, um, some long-term potential here, uh, with how he mixes it up and some of his ball skills. Um, Yiedem, to me, they just bought him in as Josh Jackson trade, last dish effort to bring some competition. Uh, I didn't love what I saw out of him, uh, either against the Jeffs, which I was kind of giving him a pass on since he had so, such short turnover. But, um, uh, yesterday he got picked on quite a bit. I get it. It's against the Bills, number one offense, top three offense in the league. But, uh, um, uh ultimately, I just don't think he's someone that uh, really fit the Packers plans. And it was more just kind of an insurance card uh, for it to bring him in. So I've got the six with Ento being the last guy making this group. So, Dane, I don't know if you have agreement or disagreement with me on this cornerback.
0: This this is a spot I knew we'd disagree on because I kind of disagree with myself on it. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm we're going real thin. We're going with five. Is what I have at the cornerback group, and it's it's mostly because Ento showed flashes. He's also had a bit of an injury history over the last couple of seasons. Um, converted wide receiver to to DB. He shows some really good. He's he played pretty well in special teams yesterday, but he also just you know gets picked on some up and down. So the top five I completely agree with with uh, Shamar. Um, being the, uh, the the final our, our, our fifth round pick, being kind of the the, the final pick there, uh, John Charles, I, I think that. He didn't really show an awful lot, I thought, in the preseason. Here and there, didn't see an awful lot from him, but I think he's done enough to make the team.
1: He made several special teams tackles too. So That's what's he helpful out there. That's what's yeah.
0: helpful for him, exactly. And I, I and I think that what the Packers did come playoff time last year may end up being the model that they use. They used a key uh, Russell, uh, the corner a ton last year uh, come playoff time to come up and be kind of their extra special teams gunner their extra special teams guy and i think the packers at least early in the year may use that uh, kind of um roster exemption to their uh, to their advantage and and use kind of a sixth corner that way more often than not i think they'd like to keep ento within the the team where possible but um i agree yadam just didn't show enough. You knew actually really impressed me yesterday. Wags was um, Steven Denmark, Steven Denmark, number 34. He came in off the street. Uh, he He's had a cup of coffee with the bears and the, and the, and the Browns. And I think the Steelers as well. But um, I'd argue he was one of the better DBs yesterday. And the ball came his way; he he actually looked pretty good. Now you know his his history is, isn't going to bode well for him. I'm not saying he's making this this roster; he's not going to make the 53. But keep an eye on him as somebody that the Packers may keep around. They signed him late uh, here; he became available. They they took a chance on him. He looked okay. But um, all that's to say, I think the Packers stick with five corners. To start the year, Um, particularly knowing that, um, you know, we know who we got in a first round pick in Stokes, Kevin King, Jair Alexander, Shandon Sullivan. Um, I think special teams is going to come more from our safety group. It's going to be a deep safety group. I've got five at safety as well. Part of the reason I don't have six at, uh, at
1: corner is because I'm carrying that extra at safety. So I just realized that I kept fifty-four guys instead of fifty-three. <laughs> Who are we I guess cutting? I'm not gonna. I guess I'm not gonna get a, a GM job anytime soon, contrary to my own uh, belief in my prowess. <laughs> well, uh, J.K. I, Scott, I, I, I out, think the, I think the Bakhtiari slash Sternberger situation threw me off a little bit too much. <laughs> uh, but uh, we we'll, we're gonna go back to. Uh, I'm just gonna follow your plan, and uh, Bakhtiari gets short-term IR that frees Perfect. up a spot for me here. That Perfect. way we can be in a line with our numbers. Uh, so anyway, that worked out pretty well. So last group then is safety. Uh, specialists. Um, real quick, I think before I hit the safety, specialists. Uh, you know, I don't expect any changes unless... They decide to uh, bring someone else in to be the punter uh, and uh, remove J.K. Scott. But from a number standpoint, it's, it's the three guys we have there right now. Reds, um, can so we talk unless about J.G. I J.J.
0: Molson oh. for a second, J.J. Molson, the Packers carried a kicker this entire. They carried him all um, throughout the playoffs on the practice squad, um, carried him all um, off season, carried him all preseason. Packers had a punter, cut the punter. Packers had a long snapper. Cut the long snapper. JJ Molson remains. Um he's not gonna make the fifty-three, but what's your thought process on that? Because that's one of the more fascinating things. It's very unpacker like to have an extra kicker all the way through the preseason.
1: And they didn't even really give him any work aside from kicking off. Yeah. Which is, is weird. Um yeah, I he was he was hitting fifty-six and sixty yarders in practice last <laughs> week. Yeah. So I mean clearly I'm thinking they want to keep him on the practice squad. You normally you wouldn't keep a kicker on a practice squad. But with the expanded practice squad and with COVID, it makes sense to have an extra guy around uh and that that way you know he's cleared protocols. So Unless someone else needs a kicker and has some tape on JJ from back in college because uh, they didn't give him much uh in the preseason to to show out the, uh, the rest of the teams in the league. Uh, I expect him to be on the practice squad. Um That's that's my take on it. It would be uh, – and by the way, how about Mason Crosby getting a punt yesterday? What if Mason Crosby becomes the de facto punter slash kicker and that opens up an extra roster spot? Now, I mean, obviously I'm joking, but – it's interesting because, uh, I don't know, J.K. Scott just doesn't do it for me. He had a nice punt yesterday, uh, really good hang time and depth, but uh, it's just so inconsistent. So yeah. we'll see. It, uh, ultimately, that's not going to change the numbers. Uh, if they bring someone else in, it's the same numbers either way. The
0: hard part about the J.K. Scott situation is not only is he the punter, but he's also the holder, and there's so much timing that goes into kicking, and you know that, Wags, and I know most of our listeners do as well. But it's just so hard after an entire preseason then be like, oh, by the way, we've got a new holder for you. So that makes me nervous to to think that we would mess up the – Frankly, the one thing that has been working on special teams, which is Mason Crosby being Mason Crosby, I would hate to to tinker with the punter and and then we you know have some mistakes here in kicker. So I, I think if I had to bet, J.K. Scott is probably going to make this team again, uh, even after uh, you know the, w- whatever punters become available become available. But I, I'm not going to lie, if we could make an adjustment there and and improve the punting, I'd be I'd be happy because I've been disappointed in JK the last couple of years.
1: Yeah. So, Dane, we better get into this safety group yeah. last but not least. We're going at just over an hour here. So, all right. This was a, this was an interesting one. Um, so, I've got five. You've got five. Yep. And uh, this is a group that in the past we've kept four guys. I thought they really showed out there in the preseason, and, and this is a, a strength of our defense. Um, to me, it comes down to two guys. Christian Uphoff and Innis Gaines. Now, uh, Innes Gaines, I would say early in camp, uh, kind of had the leg up, really had a strong performance against the Texans in the first preseason game. Uh, was a little bit, a little bit up and down at times, um, in the second and third game. Uh, seemed like he was getting more snaps out there, uh, with the, uh, defense, uh, at the safety position. Uh, I loved his aggressiveness. He was coming up and making plays on the ball. Um, I think he's got a little bit more speed and fluidity, um, and probably a little bit more flexibility. Now Uphoff as a special teamer might have a little bit of an edge there over Gaines. Um Gaines did contribute on special teams as well. So, but Uphoff Potentially as a gunner, made some some really standout plays out there as well. So this was a really really difficult one for me. Um, ultimately though, I think when you look at the full body of work for what they both did out there in camp, I it, it was a close edge for Ennis Gaines, and and so I'm gonna have him on this 53 man roster. I think Apof is someone they can probably keep on the practice squad uh potentially gets called up uh a, a few times over the course of this season if they need someone to come in and fill that gunner role that's a, a really good way to utilize that uh those extra two call ups by the way is uh, to have someone coming in and, and be able to do that special team's contribution um so uh, i I think it, it, the slight edge goes to Gaines, just based on what he did for the full body of work over the uh, preseason. Uh, so, in a Thump Gaines, I think, uh, uh, is I'm 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 saying is going to make this 53 man roster. So, uh, Dane, I don't know if you had a similar thought process or did you have a little bit of a difference there as well.
0: So then you've got Amos and Savage are obvious obvious locks. Then you've got Henry Black, Vernon Scott. And then, and then, Innes Gaines as as the rounding out the roster at the same. Yes, I do. Yes,
1: that's it. I should have probably said, but uh, to me, those other four guys were pretty clear uh, Mm -hmm. on the spot. So, so thank you for clarifying that. But yes, those would be the five that I have.
0: I have the same. Uh, and you know what actually made me um, come to that realization was actually the last preseason game. Uh, just looking and listen, I, I don't, I don't have uh, pro football focus as the Holy grail or anything, but I, I like to use it as a, uh, they do good work, but I, I like to use it as part of the the puzzle stats are one thing, you know, but you can see a lot of things, but um, Gaines actually um, was a top five performer. He had a couple glaring missed tackles, but he also had three stops in yesterday's game. He was around the ball. He was in good position um, up off got washed out on special teams on that um, 53-yard punt that J.K. had where they had the big return back netted only like a 20-yard punt afterwards. Um, Upoff was nowhere to be found on that play, and I like christian Upoff, so i I'm not piling on him. I like him a lot, also gave up a touchdown pass, uh had a little bit of struggles on the back end of the defense innis Gaines played sixty eight snaps. He led the defense in snaps yesterday. he played an awful lot of snaps, he played an awful lot of football the last few weeks, not only on special teams but also in the base defense. What that tells me is the Packers were taking a look to see, you know. Where can this guy fit in this roster? And the fact that he still ended up grading out actually pretty darn good after all those snaps. I expect a guy who went undrafted to have a couple mistakes here or there. Um, unfortunately for him, one of them was pretty glaring. Um, but I think that overall, he played really strong, solid football. Uh, I think he's a little bit more steady at this stage in his career than Christian Upoff, No doubt about it, Wags. Up off, they're going to want to keep him around. They like him. He's kind of nasty. He likes to play football. He likes to hit. Um, The way this game goes, he very well could be on the active roster pretty quick um, due to injuries, due to otherwise, because he is that kind of guy. However, Innis Gaines, I think he can play anywhere on the defense, uh, in the defensive backfield. I think he could fill in in a pinch uh, at the corner position, even. Uh, So all of that the 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 breadth of what he's done he's done a really impressive camp, and I think innis Gaines has earned the the right to to make this fifty three and it's going to be a fight, but I think that he's the guy who probably rounds out the roster this year
1: all right, so we were pretty closely aligned, so Dane just going through. Quarterback, running back, tight end, after a minor adjustment later, <laughs> offensive line aligned. You had seven wide receivers. Yeah. I had six. Um, uh, so that was close. And then I had six D linemen and you had five. So, uh, those two were the groups that were interchangeable. Um, but, uh, then ultimately, um, we were aligned all the way, the rest of the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, you had an extra inside linebacker. I had an extra cornerback. Uh, so very, very close. Uh, but, um, Uh, You can see that uh, these decisions are not easy, and uh, I think there's going to be more that comes into play than just naming your top 53 guys. You you have to figure out how all these puzzle pieces fit together, what's going to happen if uh player A versus player B is exposed to waivers. Uh, so there's a lot of of different things that the front office is going to be shuffling around. We did the best we could to predict what's going to happen based on what the information we have and what our eyes showed us uh and uh what we've been hearing out of practice as well as as seeing out in those preseason games. So, um that was fun. Uh, I think uh you know, one thing that I want to mention before we sign off, uh, is uh, that um, uh, we won't have another pod here most of this week. We'll probably come back next weekend uh, to do some over-unders, some predictions, uh, one of my favorite podcasts of the year. Uh, But uh, then from there forward, we'll be on that twice-a-week schedule. So stay tuned. For that, um, Dane. Anything else that you want to hit up before we sign off here? No, it's we've got two weeks, and then
0: it's Packer football again, and everything actually matters, and it's for real. Uh, we're we're again excited about the Pigskin Podcast Network. We're excited that you all are coming on this journey with us. Uh, and another great football season here is around the corner. Love doing it. Find us on all of our social media platforms. Download us wherever you want, uh, wherever you find your 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 podcast. And tell your friends, you know, please rate us. Do everything you can. We're going live now sometimes on our Facebook page. We've got a new YouTube page. So we've got a great group of... uh Uh, former interviews with players here um, all off season long. You can actually watch those on our brand new YouTube page as well. Uh, But Wags, I'm just excited for football, man. And this is a lot of fun. It's going to be a fun year. Um, And and I think I'll just end it on the fact that um, it's pretty remarkable that we're talking about four or five guys at the back end of a roster at the NFL level. Uh, This is a stacked team this year. This is a stacked football team. And I think that uh, it, it, you know, Super Bowl or bus gets thrown around a lot, but it feels like that is in the air in Green Bay this season.
1: Yeah, for sure. So um, I think uh, that will wrap us here for today. Um, And uh, just a new tagline we're throwing out there. Uh here on Lombardi's Legends podcast is to be legendary so thanks so much for following along and uh stay with us go pack go go pack go, go.